almost being like overly confident that you're going to be successful, like almost like delusionally confident. You don't have to be, you don't have to be a dick to anybody or, or rude to anybody that you're having interactions with on a day to day, but feel free to have that own inner conversation with yourself, meditate on that, think on that deeply, focus on that. And more than often, you're going to have more good days than bad. All right, welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today we have a very unique format. It's an in-person interview with Carlos Zamora. And of course, I have my co-host, uh, Antoine Martel, my son, business partner, celebrity, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I'm so glad. So this is a very great format. We're very excited to have that. So uh, let me introduce you, Carlos, our guest. Carlos is a partner at the Investor Fuse, a top CRM for wholesalers and investors nationwide. And he also hosts the 80-20 real estate show by Investor Fuse. He's also part of a, a co-host of Let's Talk Real Estate and Stuff. And uh, he got started and, uh, in SaaS recently, in the SaaS space, which is software as a service. And uh, just after he did wholesaling in Baltimore, Maryland. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's awesome checking out the studio. Awesome meeting you for the first time, connecting with Antoine in person. I had him on my podcast about three years ago. Funny how life works. We kind of just stayed in touch on Instagram, ended up being in the same neighborhood and have got to hang out and stuff. So awesome to be here. Small world. Yeah, very, yep, very small world. So it's great to meet in person, of course. So this is a little bit uh, very different than uh, doing Zoom calls every mm -hmm. day. But tell us how you got started in wholesaling. Yeah, it goes back to college, really. And I'll give you a little bit of like the typical answer of somebody that reads Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich. Read that, heard about real estate and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Graduated college with that in mind, hearing about doing like wholesaling and stuff in Arizona, like the author talked about. And uh, I actually applied for a pharmaceutical sales job that I oh, didn't really? get. Wow. My family's all in medicine, all doctors and pharmacists. Not much of a science guy, but I do like to sell and want to do something fulfilling. Flew up to Boston for the last rounds of interview. Didn't get it. And then I heard of this mysterious kind of figure that had a house flipping business in Baltimore that was in a rock band with my bro now brother-in-law. This guy was playing like all over the country and flipping houses from his van. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. And I never really wanted like a, a I'm not a corporate guy at all, like a nine to five corporate guy. So he had a position open as inside sales. So I ended up joining him at the end of 2013, just as a lead manager, putting up bandit signs. That's how I got my first. Ironically yeah. enough, I got my first deal off the very first call of a bandit sign in 2014 in South Baltimore. Wow. Um, and that's how I started just being a lead manager, doing appointments, doing some acquisitions for the wholesaling business and really liked it. Worked from home every day, went on a few appointments per day usually. Um, and that's how I got started. Didn't want the corporate job and thought real estate investing, to your point, is the how you break away from the rat race. Mm -hmm. um, definitely still on the beginning journey of that, but I think wholesaling is a fantastic way to get into real estate. And a lot of people that you guys talk to or listen to the show should explore it for sure. Well, it's definitely a great way to get started if you don't have a lot of capital mm -hmm. and you have some time. You know, How much time did it take for you to, uh, to do that? You were doing that full time pretty much, right? Yeah, I was doing it full time and my education was pretty much listening to Sean Terry's podcast, yeah. other wholesaling podcasts, which this is back in 2016. There were still a ton, but now wholesaling is so mainstream. Yeah. You could search investor views on TikTok now and there's people doing dances and showing how they manage leads <laughs> <laughs> yeah. using wholesaling, which wasn't the case. But yeah, I mean, it was full time job probably 40, 50 hours a week doing different stuff, but a lot of, a lot of education and like, yeah. you know, learning the basics, like comping properties, understanding what like a buyer would want, 
um, basic sales negotiation, which in college at University of Maryland, Maryland, I was a leasing consultant yeah. for a luxury apartment complex that I went in. And I think even to go back really, really far talking mindset, like what got me into real estate, my whole life growing up, people would say, oh, you should get into real estate because I would always talk to people and could kind of like understand people and make people laugh. Like when I was a little kid, I was doing imitations of like everyone from like Bill Clinton to all different types of people when I was six, seven, eight years old. to like the entire family. So I think that kind of got planted into me for sure for, to a certain extent. Like mm -hmm. I should be in real estate at some point, just talking or to people and stuff like that. Yeah, real estate or comedy. <laughs> maybe, so, maybe a professional uh, TikTok account doing comedy real estate. <laughs> yeah, and when, I know when we got started in the, in real estate, we're just kind of like the, the whole selling idea that was not even on the map. I mean, I didn't even know. I said, what do you mean? You can just reassign the contract. You can sign it, have, put your EMD, and then you can just reassign the contract for an assignment fee. I mean, that just blew my mind mm -hmm. when I first heard that. And I think there's still, you know, many people that don't know that you can you can do that, mm -hmm. and uh, or so I think that that was uh, that was eye opening for me when I heard about that, and I'm sure there's a lot more to it to it than that. Yeah, and I, I think there may be some common limiting beliefs of people that you come across that are trying to get financial freedom or buy their first turnkey rental or rental property in general. So wholesale beginning wholesalers too, like some limiting beliefs I have or some mental resistance you come across. Yeah. When I started, and I'm sure wholesalers feel this today, even though it's 10 times, 100 times more mainstream than it was five, six years ago, I would be wholesaling and I'd reach out to like real estate agent friends or friends' parents that I knew. Every single one told me it was illegal. You can't yeah, make money. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got that. Yeah. So <laughs> there's there's like a lot of that. Plus, I think any type of entrepreneurial journey, mm -hmm. you know, you guys are amazing and work together as a father and son. But I think a lot of times family and close friends and kind of say, what are you doing? Why wouldn't you just get a regular corporate yeah. job? You know, you're going to get a steady paycheck, stuff like that. So if we're talking mindset and kind of someone starting off in wholesaling, as far as like where I was at starting off in wholesaling, I think those are two of the biggest things that you kind of come across. Other people in the industry saying you can't do it. And then your inner circle, whether it's family, close friends saying like, dude, why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you definitely have a lot of people that, you know, yeah, they ask you, they question what what you're doing, and mm -hmm. it'd be so much easier if you were kind of like uh, strapped to a desk and uh, mm -hmm. you know nine to five and not worry about anything. But but that's part of the problem is that people should worry about that and they should start thinking very early on about how are you going to retire, how are you going to be, uh, you know, and is that the life that you want for uh, mm -hmm. you know, or do you want to be financially free? Do you want to travel more, spend more time with friends and family? And this is what this is why I had like you know I started break away from the rat race to help people actually do that. Mm -hmm. So what kind of do you think like skills, qualities, or attitude um, you think you need to be a successful wholesaler? Because it's not it's not that easy. I mean you you do the the uh, what's that called? The drive by drive for dollars. Drive for dollars. You walk walk by you know, door knocking door knocking and all that kind of stuff. The bandit sign. That's yeah. Like, you have to put them up uh, on uh, on Friday, and you yeah. have to take them down on Sunday, or or you leave them there if you want. But <laughs> you know, yeah, chicks like bad boys, so I kept my bandit signs up. I didn't take them down. Yeah, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a really player. Yeah, you know what? I'm a bandit. <laughs> so uh, so yes, I mean it's it's hard. It's hard work. I mean it's unconventional work, it, but mm -hmm. it's hard work, and you have to be. One of the skills, obviously, is to you have to be good with people. Mm -hmm. But what what are, are some of the other skills that you think you need to be uh, successful at wholesaling? Yeah, I think wholesaling first in general is kind of like an art of finding discounted properties for other investors. Mm -hmm. 
And I think even taking a step back to like the college years, I think one of the biggest things for me in Think and Grow Rich was learning about auto suggestion, the principle and understanding that like 99% of your actions are automated. Mm. Like they're pretty much automatically run by you, depending on whatever you put in there, whatever inputs you put in there. So I was super fascinated by that. And I think whether you're wholesaling, any type of entrepreneur, you should have that set up for success first mm. and foremost. That's going to kind of be a foundation that's going to allow you to do everything a little bit more, like more smoothly. You may take more action in a day. A realtor cusses you out or does something that's going to kind of slide off you a little bit more. Pretty much every single thing is going to be optimized when you learn to do that. Um, so I can loop back to that. But I mean, some daily things for subconscious is reading, listening to podcasts like this. Mm -hmm. You're building up the social proof. Anything that you want to do, wholesaling, um, anything in life, you want to build up social proof as well. You yeah. want to see people that are doing it. And that kind of tells like your your animal brain. You're like, oh, this is actually possible. And then you have to be able to be a salesperson and sell yourself on why you can do it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a little bit of like a three part, like mental foundation of what you should have in anything. And then in wholesaling specific, I think you need to have a long enough time horizon to see success. So if you're not willing to market for at least six months, ideally 12 months, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Probably some of your audience is going to be working a full time job while they try to do wholesaling. So I think you should also try to figure out similar to financial freedom, try to figure out like what your number is um, that would make you leave your job. Like, what do you need yeah. to be making in your wholesaling business to, to leave your job? Yeah, that, that's not my uh, expertise. But I think if you start with the mental foundation of success, understanding how your subconscious mind works, that's going to help out the most. Understanding wholesaling is not like a get rich quick. And it's something that's it's simple in theory, but it's more difficult to oh, execute. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's yeah, like yeah. you understand, like you can I can go to, you know, this building even and yeah. give them a cash offer and market it to a developer across the street. Yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of like a foundation. We can talk more wholesaling specifics, but mindset and like subconscious is my favorite stuff. So I always kind of lean towards that. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is that I, what I find is very different. If you're working full time, I mean, you used to go to work at, at nine and stuff like that. You grab your coffee and talk to your friends and stuff like that for an hour. Holy uh, colleague for an hour. Then talk about what you're going to do for lunch. And then um, but really. <laughs> I used to work with. I don't think anybody knows that story. Me and Eric used to work together in the same office. Did you? Exactly what they did every single day. All right, keep going. Except Antoine. Antoine was working his ass off, and I was yeah. working my ass off, but everybody else was uh, slacking. That's, yeah. a, that's how you get out of the rat race. You, you create a, a stud son that can just do all the business work. The CEO's kid was there watching World of watching right. playing World of Warcraft and like doing work at the same time, and I'm like, what? And then I'm here as like a, an intern at 15 bucks an hour. I'm like working my ass off, and I'm like, I can be playing video games and like doing work. Was like, watching movies as well? Yeah, watching movies, yeah. playing World of Warcraft. And that's that's one thing. Sometimes when I tell the investor view story, because that was my first that was my first intro into entrepreneurship mm. in doing um or I'm sorry wholesaling first, yeah. and the co-founder, one of the co-founders that time, Dan Schwartz, I told you he was playing 180 shows. Um, for a rock band, like a psychedelic rock band a year, running a wholesaling business before it was super, super popular to do everything virtual now for wholesaling. And uh, every single night we had, to, I had the Podio app on our phone, which we'll talk about the progression of the yeah. product. Yeah. But pretty much every night I would see him or I'd wake up at him three, four, five in the morning doing all these tweaks to our CRM every single night without miss. And I, I was like, what is, I was like, what is this guy's deal? Like he's working seven days a week, like after his rock show. But I realized that 
that's what entrepreneurs do. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. And it's like, I don't want to hyper, I don't want to, um, you know, hyper focus on grinding or anything like that, even though I think for at least seasons, you should be willing to go all in and that's your main focus at all times. But I'm a big proponent of relaxing and spending time with friends and quality of life. But that was my first, like the first month I was there, I was like, oh damn, this guy is like really serious. He's working every single night after playing a rock show yeah. for three, four hours. And I think so. I mean, this that that part of it. I think this like the drive. You have to have the mm-hmm. drive. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I was kind of like talking about. Is that when you go to work nine to five, you kind of like somebody's going to tell you what to do, and then mm-hmm. you know, and then you kind of uh, do that work. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to decide what you're going to do. You're mm-hmm. going to wake up and you say, "Well, I'm going to put pan- bandit signs today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do mail marketing. I'm going to call people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that." You have to drive yourself to do the, the, these things. And um, so some of the things that you're talking about, too, is like spending time on uh, updating the CRM or mm-hmm. tweaking the, your systems. Follow up like calls, that. yeah. Follow up calls. Mm-hmm. So all these things, um, you know, th- these are important, but you have you have to have that drive to mm-hmm. do it yourself and say, hey, I need to do this. And so so is that is that a, to me, I think it's an important skills. To 100%. Have. Can that be developed or do you have that? And um that's an int- nature versus nurture. That's an interesting yes, question. Right. I think a lot of it's probably programmed in you from a young age, as is a lot of your personality. But I think you can get around people. And the easiest way to, to impress in your subconscious mind, I think, is reading. Like, I think that's just the most practical thing that anybody can pick up a book and start reading. So I think if you start reading books around like mindset, success, wealth, financial freedom, I think that you can build that in. But I think a lot of it is how you were raised, which why it's important. You know, being a parent is the most important job in the world. Um, so if you're able to instill that in your kids, I think that's something that can like put them ahead of the pack, so to say, but I think a certain extent of it can be nurtured as well. Yeah. Well, I didn't have to do <laughs> anything to Antoine. Antoine was like that from nine years old or whatever. <laughs> when we had a low carb grocery store. I mean, he was working, he was so interested in the business, so interested in doing the, uh, it was like, yeah, there was, no, I didn't have to tell him, I said, Hey, you, can you, uh, fix up the, uh the shelves or can you move this thing you would walk around and you would kind of adjust all the shelves so that's why i'm kind of like i'm asking you is it like is this something that can be taught or is this something that you think it's like it's come you know that when you're born and you say this is how i'm i'm driven yeah i love that and i definitely want to definitely dive in deep dive in that when i interview guys on my podcast but i think the most concise answer now that i'm thinking about it is everybody has a standard level of that yeah. from their personality, whatever they've experiences, DNA, whatever you want to say it. And then I think that's probably 50, 60%. And then the rest is malleable. So if you're reading and listening to Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, entrepreneurs that you want to follow or their space, I think you can definitely develop. You can develop enough. I'll say this. Anybody can develop enough to be successful and have a good quality of life. Yeah. 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 Not yeah, everybody's I've- Antoine Martel though. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think some people are born with it and some people grow it over time. Yeah. Do do like, you know, like Hormozy, the guy I'm listening a lot to right now. I think one of the main things for him was like his thing against his dad, like mm-hmm. his dad growing up, always pushing him to do more and more. And he was kind of like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. And also, fuck you. I'm going to go and do this 10, make more money than you ever did yeah. your whole life in one day, in one month or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. I think it, it's also finding out your why, too. I think that mm-hmm. that makes you hustle because. Yeah, if you want to grow something successful, you have to have the rock band and work every single night on time. If you're if the rock band is paying your bills and you're traveling around in a white van, you got to do something on the side. It's always the side hustle that eventually turns into uh, you know, the full-time 
gig. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's why so many, when you listen to like so many podcasts or webinar or like any type of thing, they, a lot of them start out with mindset first and they're like, yeah. guys, we understand this mindset isn't the tactical thing, but it's like, if you don't have this ironed out and this at least in like something in place, like a process in place to consistently grow this and improve your mindset, you're going to be like 99% failure rate, which a lot of wholesalers, it's wholesaling is oh, a yeah. high, high mm -hmm. percentage uh, business. So absolutely love the mindset stuff. And I think that is huge like foundational stuff, like social proof, making sure that you're putting into your mind. Like for example, on a personal note, when I wanted to do start doing fasting for like health benefits and cognitive benefits, if you told me years ago, like you could do like a 24 or 86 hour fast, like fast for like three into four days, I'd be like, dude, no way you would die. You watch a documentary on Netflix mm -hmm. of somebody that fasts under doctor supervision for 60 days, just drinking water. You're like, oh damn, dude, like three hour, three days isn't that bad at all. Or 24 hours isn't that bad at all. So I think Antoine adding a why to the social proof and just following people that do it and almost being like overly confident that you're going to be successful, like almost like delusionally confident. You don't have to be you don't have to be a dick to anybody or, or rude to anybody that you're having interactions with on the day to day. But feel free to have that own inner conversation with yourself. Meditate on that. Think on that deeply. Focus on that. And more than often, you're going to have more good days than bad. Mm -hmm. So uh, how many deals did you start? Uh, let's go back to a wholesaling a little bit and kind of like talk about that business. How many mm -hmm. deals were you like? How many people did you call? How many contacts did you get? And how many deals did you end up doing at the beginning? And how did that, that business grow? Yeah. So I was in the wholesaling business for close to three years. Mm -hmm. I would say the first two years we were probably doing about probably consistently anywhere from like one to three deals a month mm -hmm. around the 10K assignment fee average um that was kind of our average the first two years and then it went up the last year we were primarily just doing ppc and then ringless voicemailing old leads mm -hmm. which actually that was like so one thing with investor fuse too we always try to be ahead of the tr uh ahead of the curve so to say so in like 2014 2015 sending ringless voicemails was a little bit ahead yeah. of the curve yeah, it was, yeah. um but yeah we were doing about one to three deals per month and it was mainly bandit signs it's like i said i got my very first call that's why i thought it was easy um, I was like, oh, this isn't bad at all. Like I just put out bandit signs. I went at like two in the morning. Um, I got a call like a couple days later. Um, but yeah, we were doing about one to three deals a month with bandit signs, direct mail. And those were the two focuses, bandit signs and direct mail. Yeah. We didn't get wow. good success with direct mail, but bandit signs, I think. Bandit signs, I hired somebody on Craigslist. Yeah. Bandit signs were great for us. Shipped yeah. them to their house. Well, because I did it virtually too. So like I yeah. ordered the bandit signs. Like I, I went on Craigslist, posted an ad on Craigslist. Need somebody who wants to make a dollar fifty for posting up signs in the dirt or on like poles. That's hilarious. Got a couple of people signed up. I shipped it to their house. I'm like, all right, I'll be there the next day. Put them out this Sunday, you know, whatever, whatever. And then take photos of every single one. And they would just text me. And every photo I got, I was like, here's. Did a you have the app Simple Crew by no. any chance? No, no, no. So that's an app specifically for driving for dollars, where the per the bird dog could take pictures of the property. That guy that founded that software company is friends with. Dan, the oh, yeah. C, the former CEO of Investor Fuse, one of the co-founders of Metris, Investor oh, Fuse. Wow. So I did something similar. And this is another thing, like, and it's not just the beginning. Like, you could even have success with it. And you talk to, a, I would call, like, a a, a civilian. Mm -hmm. Like, in The Godfather, they call people, or in The Mafia, they call people civilian that yeah. aren't in organized crime. I call people civilians that aren't, like, in real estate or entrepreneurship. So I'd say, like, we'd talk about, like, our work days or whatever. I'm like, oh, I found a random dude off Craigslist. I met a complete stranger in a parking lot, I gave them 200 signs um, and got them this app. And they're like, damn, dude, that's like kind of weird. Yeah. You know, it's not a typical water cooler type talk like that. But 
Yeah, I did something similar. Found a dude. He was actually a rapper. Shout out A Class if you happen to be listening. <laughs> but he was a uh, an Asian dude that was a rapper that wanted to get into real estate. Um, so he started putting out signs. I can't even remember what we paid him, but we paid him like gas and a few bucks for putting up, you know, like fifty to two hundred signs at a time over a weekend. Um, but yeah, bandit signs worked really well for us, and uh, direct mail for sure worked well for us. Um, probably slightly over. And I, I don't know right now, I'd assume it's still around a half percent response rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had really, really good good results with direct mail. I will say one kind of story for people that are beginning. Sometimes we would send mail, like not super educated or not super dialed in. We would send it to like um, really wealthy neighborhoods, like in Baltimore and like Pikesville, for example, 21208. And it would be like million dollar houses and it was people with a lot of equity. So that was probably in the first like six months, we just sent a list there. Um, so all wealthy people, and we were sending them mail like, "Hey, we'll we'll buy your house cash." And I got some nasty. Calls. Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, got yeah. some nasty, nasty calls. Even the like, even the bandit signs too. Like, did you ever get oh, yeah. cops called? Like the yeah, cops, cops were always yeah. calling my phone then. Yeah, because it was like a a Google phone number that I set up that went directly to me. So like I would get pick up the phone. It's like this is the police department, Memphis <laughs> Police Department. You need to take this down or whatever. Or like I'd get like photos texted to that number, be like. Take down your goddamn signs, and then they they took down all the signs from the street corners and put it in a dumpster. Like we don't want your stupid signs in our town or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it was so funny. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, we de- definitely got a lot of those calls. Software tech tip number one, like Antoine said, never ever put your own personal number on marketing yeah. or anything that's out there uh, for everybody listening to this. Even if you're just starting off, that's one of the first tools I would invest in is something like. Google Voice you can use. I think yeah. it's like free or pretty low cost, but very low cost. Yeah. So yeah. I would suggest that at a at a bare minimum, guys, never put your own cell phone number. Maybe in the, maybe I guess in the realtor business, you're putting stuff out there because you're you're personal. So you have to brand. do it legally and yeah, I think if yeah. you're a realtor, there's a different there's yeah. a different situation. So we're strictly talking like have some code yeah. of ethics you have to abide by. Yeah. But if you're just an, an investor unlicensed doing direct to seller marketing, yeah. I would never put my own my own phone number on there. That's right. That's good advice. But we had such we had great success with the the bandit signs. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the calls that we got <clears throat> were kind of like on oh, you know, people you had like these <clears throat> excuse me, old ladies that would call and say, Oh, you know, I'm I'm late on my taxes and stuff like that. And then you had to be like, Oh, I feel bad. You remember that? I feel bad about, you know, buying their house that they're late on their taxes, this old lady and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, Well, you know, we're helping her out. She wants to sell the house. She wants to sell the house. Mm-hmm. I remember the hardest part was getting those, like being virtual wholesaling, like setting up the bandit signs. Cool. Now you get a call. You're still in California. Hey, I want to sell my house. You want to come see it? Mm-hmm. Oh, sh- what the hell do I do now? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, we have a wholesaling company too, Rocket Offer as well. We started a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, with that company, one of the things is the problems was that we would do all this marketing, texting, cold calling, bandit signs. The leads would come in and they would, we would just like, here's your offer. And they're like, what? Like, it didn't even make sense. It was like too good to be true. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can you make an offer in my house? You don't even know what it looks like. All I did was tell you how old my kitchen was on a text message. And mm-hmm. here's your offer. We're going to close in seven days cash. And it's like, what? <laughs> no, it's just bullshit. So now we've kind of set it up in a way which, you know, as you guys being local in Baltimore when you were doing it, like we've set it up to now have people on the ground that are on our payroll, on our mm-hmm. staff, or we pay them on a per deal basis, kind of like people that are going and, and as closers. So mm-hmm. going to the house as those leads come in to show up at the property, take photos, take videos, 
create a little mock rehab bid with an iPad or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Now here's your ARV, here's your rehab bid, here's our fee, here's our closing costs, here's how much money we want to make, here's your bottom line offer. Do you want to take that, right? So mm -hmm. like us too, like we're, you know, and we're, we've been wholesaling for I think two years now is when we started the company, man. And we've just been trying to do it virtual 100%. And I think virtual 100% is dead. Like I think you have to have somebody now on the ground. For everyone. Yeah, yeah, for everybody. Because I think there were so many people that crowded the 100% virtual space where mm -hmm. People now are like, dude, I've gotten the same offer like 70 times and still nobody has gone. That's what sellers started telling us is, wow, you're the first company to actually want to like just come to my house and not make an offer over the phone or over text. It's like, oh, you actually want to come see? OK, sure. Yeah, I'd love to come meet you guys and see what you can what you can do. And they're like, yeah, we'll come by. We'll give you an offer if it works. Great. If not, we can you know, we can maybe help you list it with an agent, a local agent if you want to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. So that's something we've been doing as well, which I think is a. Uh, necessity right now it, it's interesting to have that pulse on the market just because i'm software full-time but i talk to investors mainly wholesalers each and every day for the entire day um and for me doing deals just locally just like in baltimore and most of the time bringing like a physical contract and signing yep. it like on yeah. the kitchen table or leaving yeah, it with exactly. them and then calling them and following up it's still talking about limiting beliefs and getting over things it's still a little bit like damn and i talk to people that do virtual stuff every day but for me personally i'm still like damn that's wild to like lock stuff up virtually and like the amount of trust and rapport that you have to build over the phone. But yeah. I think in short, cause we have companies that do both, they do local, they do strictly virtual or they do a hybrid in multiple markets. Um, and I think in general, it may be a little bit of like a volume play. Like if you're doing virtual, yeah. you don't have to drive to the appointments necessarily, which is going to take time or yeah. leverage your team to do so. So if you're able to pump out, you know, five times more offers than you would if you're just local. Maybe that makes sense. But I think, yeah, going belly to belly, meeting somebody, you know, one of the things I was going to talk that I was going to bring up as far as like one of my biggest relationship building hacks is anybody that I interact with. I want to make that the most memorable interaction that they have that day. Mm -hmm. Like Eric, I'm not doing anything to, to blow Eric's socks off, but like when he's driving back to Fort Lauderdale or hanging out tonight doing emails or whatever, I want to be like, yeah, damn, yeah. that that. That guy that connected with me on the podcast, he was cool today or Antoine or Adam, anybody doing it. So I think that's another thing that you can kind of have as a mindset mm -hmm. in business. That's super, super helpful. And think about the compound effect too. Like if you're able to have a, I'll call it a health score, a relationship health score. If you're able to have a 10 out of 10 or an 11 out of 10 relationship health score with somebody and do that in business, say you do that one times per day, 365 days out of the year you're going to have a hell of a network of people that want yeah. to add value back to you. If yeah. you're leading with value and just being like a, you know, professional doing what you say you're going to do. A lot of it is simple. It's, it's really simple, simple compounded with consistency. I think the real estate community, the real estate investor community, I think it's pretty, pretty open. I think mm -hmm. they're very help. We all help each other. We all kind of like, Hey, how, how are you doing this over mm -hmm. there? How are you doing it in Baltimore? I wonder if that would work here or that kind of stuff. I think there's pretty, people are pretty open to sharing ideas and sharing inputs into, uh, into their business, how they're doing it and how, you know, and then you can apply it to your, your own business. Yeah. And in 2016, the first event that I went to with investor fuse was a Sean Terry conference in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And it was afterwards we were getting drinks and stuff. And to that point, the first time that my eyes kind of opened to that principle of being like overly open with mm -hmm. your own business and yeah. stuff to help other people that could be quote unquote competitors. It was a group of dudes in Houston that have like a mastermind meetup together. It was like eight dudes and they, they open up their complete 
strategy, everything, what list they're pooling, what marketing, what CRM, what tools they're using, title companies, everything. And I, I asked them when we were having drinks, like half of the people were Houston people, half the people weren't. And I was like, I was like, how come you guys are so comfortable sharing all this stuff? And the guy broke it down. He goes, well, between us eight, we do X amount of wholesale deals per month. Mm -hmm. Out of those X wholesale deals per month that this entire table does, that's only a small fraction of all the cash transactions that are done in Houston. By us sharing, we're not going to lower that number. We're just going to increase the amount of cash transactions that this pool of eight people does mm -hmm. out of the total. We're not taking away from each other. So again, we're kind of talking like uh, nuggets here, mindset nuggets here, but yeah. that's a huge one too. Just being mm -hmm. open to abundance and yeah. like the power of giving in that's any right. way that you can. It doesn't have to be financial or anything. And that helps your relationship score, like you mentioned. Exactly. Right? I mean, if you start by giving, helping other people, then you know they're much more willing to help you back and then make you successful. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, that's the whole like content strategy too. Like social media is all about value first and then the ass later, right? So like mm -hmm. that's the whole thing with... Social, why social media works and why the guys on social media that are blowing up is because they're adding value or giving away stuff for free because they know that it's not going to affect their business at all. If mm -hmm. somebody else is doing that in their local market, even in their same market, it's not going to affect their their numbers. There's plenty of deals to go around in the real estate world, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And that's what your boy Hormozy talks about a lot, like leading with value. Yeah, yeah. And even like a small, like even something like me and, me and you guys aren't directly involved in like a business venture but even just like thinking about it, I'm very interested just like in humans and how humans minds work and things like that and motivations. But like even this getting scheduled, like me and Antoine were talking, he reached out that he was moving out to Midtown. We got coffee. Then we were talking about podcasts. He took me to a soccer game, which we found out that we both, both <laughs> are big soccer guys. Yeah. So him and his girlfriend took me and my girlfriend to a soccer game. Um, he was like, hey, my dad's starting a podcast. Could you reach out to some people? I'm like, happy to do so. I just hit up a handful of people are getting them booked. So it's like, if you imagine doing things like that and kind of living like that, I don't know. Life is just better. Business is just better. It's fun. Oh, yeah. And um, you're a lot more efficient with what you're trying to accomplish, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So what was the next step after that with your uh, your wholesaling business? Yeah, we transitioned to a carrot site, ironically. Um, oh, my God. I remember that. Yeah. Carrots. Are they around? Yeah, they're around. They're huge. They acquired us in January. It hasn't been publicly announced, but... Well, or it's been publicly announced, but they have an <laughs> official marketing on. No, it's announcements. Oh, okay. <laughs> they announced that they're summit. It's like breaking news. <laughs> yeah, Adam, don't Adam, don't start sweating over there. <laughs> no, they're an amazing company, and they're an amazing company. And uh, Trevor, the CEO of that company, has always been a huge mentor to us. So we always had the idea there was going to be some type of like merger partnership, and it was kind of just right time at the right price, um, or right time and right place. Um, <laughs> Okay. But yeah, we went to um we went to digital marketing just because I don't I don't really know why we were going more in that direction. I think Dan is very into like forward trend thinking. So he's always been into like he was into like AI, like voice AI before yeah, it was yeah. popular and things like that. So he got a carrot page started. Carrot.com if you guys want to check out seller lead website. So that's what if you search like sell my house fast Miami, probably seven out of the ten sites will be carrot sites. So they're just optimized for conversion. Um, we switched to that and then Google pay-per-click with AdWords nerds. Yeah. They're both still around, both doing really, really well. And I would say that we were doing around the same deal size, anywhere from one to three deals a month on average, sometimes more. Um, but our spreads were bigger and it yeah. took less time to follow up um, because in general, the telecommunications leads, which we weren't doing texting and cold calling, which is popular now, was strictly bandit signs, direct mail. But I would say those leads still took a lot more follow-up and the person may have not been ready to sell right there. 
then it's a game of who can stay structured and organized in their follow-up processes yeah. until you call and it's the right, you know, you're hitting them with the right message at the yeah. right time. Yeah. Where PPC was less leads, probably closer to 10 leads to close instead of 20 to 30 in general. And the, the follow-up time was a lot less. So it was typically three months or less where anything else was at minimum three months. And you had like a call center, like an agents that would answer the call and that would talk to these people uh, directly or? No, so we did. Just do the partners. Yeah, we did. Shout out to Scott Bauer, the first person I interviewed on my podcast like four years ago. But we did kind of his method where he was a one man operation with kind of like a lead manager, mm -hmm. but he would send everything to call rail voicemail. Um, so anything after hours, like anything I didn't pick up directly. Yeah. So we'd have tracking numbers that would go to my phone. If I was like sleeping or, you know, doing something, I wouldn't pick it up. I would see the voicemail it would go into our CRM. I could listen to the message, get the address, see their reason for selling, enter in whatever data they told me and gave me a call back. Okay. Um, but yeah, we did that. So we had everything routed to me and then anything else would just go to voicemail. If we were doing like more volume or if we could like do it again, because things are a lot different now, um, I think we probably would consider a call center. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, with the carrot, most of the stuff that we were getting then was web form. So we would just have it set up and something you could set up in investor fuse is a big, a big leverage point I speak to our auto responders. Okay. So you can have all different types of marketing going on when you're going direct to seller. Um, but when someone's searching you, like I need to sell my house fast in Miami, when someone's searching you, they submit your information that goes into your database. What we would have set up is an automatic email Miami. that would just touch them back. Hey, this is Carlos. Just saw you sent your information in. Let me take a look at the property and get back to you. So it kind of eliminates a little bit of like the buyer's remorse they might feel by like, yeah. oh man, I just, I'm desperate. I'm selling my, you know, searching how to sell my house. Um, That'd be the seller's remorse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the buyer's remorse of if they were to work with you. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess like the customer remorse potentially yeah. or client remorse if they were to work with you. Um, so yeah, we didn't have an answering service. Mainly it was just leads coming into our CRM from the carrot site. Yeah. And this is why we started like sending people to the house up for uh, because we there was b between them getting a uh, between selling the offer or talking to the, the client the seller and then putting an offer together and then them signing sometimes there was delays and them signing or they would change their mind and there would be a bunch of follow-up uh, now when you send a real person over they look at the house they have the the offer in hand mm. as the tighter this uh the time frame is for that, the, the higher your returns are for your, for closing the deal, the percent, the probability of closing the deals. Mm -hmm. And because there is a lot of, there's a big, uh, people change their mind. They talk to their wives say, oh, I don't know if we should do that. I mean, I just check the news and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I, I, the tighter that time frame is, the better it is. So that's, 100%. And that's yeah. even a good nugget there. Um, and a reason, like something that goes on the pro side of doing in-person appointments, especially if you're targeting people that are like, 50 plus mm. um if you can leave something physically there like a contract or you say hey why don't you just like write my number down like that generation kind of will do that and, and even older um i feel like that'll help stick you apart too they might just like write your number down and put it on a magnet on the fridge and then when you follow up with them you're like hey i left an offer there i think you wrote my number down things like that are, are definitely um farly superior to virtually cold calling people probably from a number that might get marked to spam. Yeah. yeah. For you, for, you said Google ads nerds, mm -hmm. Google, uh, AdWords nerds. Is that still around? And what, yeah. what is that? Dan Barrett. They're essentially a company that will manage pay-per-click campaigns for you. For, for Google ads. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. And so for your, for the people that have been signed up with investor fuse or carrot or, you know, wherever they go sign up now, what are most of those people 
doing the wholesalers that you guys are working with? Yeah, it's a great question. So I would say they're doing almost anything and everything. I would say some of the more high volume people and some um, some marketing companies that we that we partner with as far as like sharing their information and resources would be um, direct mail investor machine with Mike Hambright. We're going to be in, at his event next week in Dallas, actually. Um, so that's like large level direct mail. So a lot of people are doing direct mail. Wow. TV ads, <laughs> direct, direct mail is getting more popular these days. Um, I would say the last like three years though, the most popular thing has been cold calling and texting. Mm -hmm. So typically people will either outsource and hire a cold calling company. They'll pull their own data to say, Hey, I want to call these people in Memphis with this certain criteria. Yeah. Um, we send them a web form so they could essentially have cold callers, which is really popular to have overseas cold callers these days in Philippines or other countries like that. Um, and it's essentially kind of like different buckets in your business. So you have people that are doing like cold calling and texting. And they can essentially just press a button and send it into investor views as soon as somebody's interested. So I would say that's the most popular cold calling and texting over the last three years. Direct mail is making its way back into the space. And I think anybody that has relative experience in the business, they have the proof of concept, they know that they can close deals. Um, they start getting into digital marketing in some form or fashion. And what do you, by digital marketing, you mean Facebook, Instagram, Google? Primarily, primarily having a website set up first. So if you're sending direct mail, you can have that website on your piece to establish some level of credibility and authority. Um, and then you would start probably optimize, like doing like SEO, where you're trying to do that for a long-term um, play as far as establishing yourself in that local Marfis, uh, market, Memphis, Cleveland, wherever. Mm -hmm. um, and then you look into paid ads like Google pay-per-click and working with somebody like AdWords Nerds. There's a bunch of vendors. Um, if anybody reaches out to me from here, I'd be happy to connect you. Do you have any different like funnel pages that uh, that you use? I mean, I've seen some people that would have like uh, something about credit repair or bankruptcy and stuff like that. There would be different funnels. Mm -hmm. And then when they go through these funnels, they would basically say, uh, the oh, yeah, the, if, if you have a house and all of that, then they would figure out, okay, yeah, you have a house, then let's just, um, you know, let, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can buy the house from you or something like that. Are you using different funnels like that or you just, uh, yeah, we, we would connect with different funnels. And I think that's more of like a website if I'm understanding that correctly. So like the cool thing you can do with carrot sites or other investor websites is let's say that you're, let's say that you guys are uh, like a wholesaling operation in Memphis and you have your website set up. You can have different pages for like each County in Memphis or yeah. maybe something that particularly happens, maybe like probate mm -hmm. or a specific thing. And you can kind of just like, route them into different funnels and seeing what they have going on. And then a cool thing that you can do with like carrot <clears> sites, <throat> for example, is you can create like different pages. Like this is how work, this is what it's like to work with us. And it explains the whole process. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to have a rep come out to your house. They're going to do basic repair estimate. They're going to run numbers and then leave you a contract, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it kind of like, I, I guess in a sense, it's a lot of um, like frequently asked questions and automated overcoming obstacles yeah. that you might have. But you could also put out like an ebook on how we purchase probate properties yeah. in a certain city or a certain town in Memphis. Mm -hmm. And you could do that for all your different pages. So the person's kind of having like a customized experience of what they're looking for from what they searched. Yeah, yeah. yeah I interviewed a, a guy that was doing wholesaling, but very specifically for older people that were kind of like uh, about to retire. And then he wrote an ebook on how to, you know, on very targeted for these people about preparing for retirement, mm -hmm. preparing for going to nurse nursing home and that kind of stuff. And then, <laughs> uh, 
And then, uh, but it was it was very successful because he would say, hey, "I'm just going to send you this information. It's valuable to you if you're preparing, if you're at that phase of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, then uh, this is what you need to think about. Yeah, way more targeted. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. very targeted, and he was very successful. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you can do that time, but do that for every demo. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, do, here's an ebook I wrote about how mm-hmm. to get out of your taxes. Like, just even if you just like you can do direct mail, even to just send people a free book. Hey, I notice you're on the list. Yeah. Here's mm-hmm. a free guide on how to get out of a, you know, foreclosure off the foreclosure list in 30 days. Mm-hmm. And the number one solution or number three solution is call this website. They helped, you know, here's testimonials. Exactly. About, testimonials like, are big. Hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. And you have different funnels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you can do that and then, you know, yeah. make all the care pages or whatever kind of pages too to, you know, for people to go there, land on those pages, go through a funnel form. Or Mm-hmm. 100% and testimonials that's another good thing mm-hmm. and it's interesting yeah. how the brain works because like whether you're having like interaction and salespeople get such a bad a bad uh, rap that's kind of like they, they think they're like a used car salesman for a lot of times um, but I think that's kind of the very first thing that happens in your brain like especially if you're in a distressed situation because these homeowners typically are like in some type of em- either embarrassing yeah. or a distressed situation where it's like dude I don't want to be called or sent mail by a random person that's offering me 60 cents on the dollar. Well, that's where you're going to get these distressed properties. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you're going to get the deal. These people are, they have a financial mm-hmm. situation or, you know, that they need to deal with urgently. Um, if they don't have that, then you're not going to get a, exactly. a good deal for that. They're just going to go talk to the realtor. What's mm-hmm. the fair market value of my house? Mm-hmm. But these people are in distress. So I think, yeah, I think showing that, hey, you know, this, uh, this company really helped me solve my foreclosure mm-hmm. problem. And now I live in a very comfortable apartment in uh, Midtown. Yeah, they even help. They even help me move. <laughs> but you know, that's hundred percent like what. And Antoine brings up a great point with the testimonials, like the testimonials, like the ebook. That kind of helps with like how the brain first works, where it's like analyzing if you're a threat mm-hmm. or not. Like if you read any of the great sales books, like Pitch Anything, <clears throat> um, they talk about that. How like the very first thing is like making sure you're not a threat mm-hmm. to like their their livelihood. So like once yeah. they kind of raise their guard down, that's when you can kind of probe into like the reasons that they're selling and. Yeah, timeline and conditions exactly. and everything yeah. that you would you would look up for that. Yeah, well, right now, right now too, like a big thing is like these video sales letters, VSLs as mm-hmm. well. So a lot of like sales teams are doing that. But yeah, I think if you can, if you're a wholesaler listening, I mean, send a send a postcard with a QR code. QR code goes to like a free ebook download about how to get out of how to get out off the pre foreclosure list in Memphis in 30 days. It's like, holy shit, that's me. Exactly. And then they they download the ebook. At the end of the ebook, you know, or, you know, it has an ebook plus testimonials plus like a form where they fill out and then, you know, they can click, they can do it all on their phone and they can click a button to book a phone call then with a team member and be yeah. like, hey, I read your ebook. Yeah. Can you help me? It's like, here, do it yourself or we can do it for you. Yeah. You know? And they're, they're, pray- they're in a distressed situation, probably praying and hoping for an exact solution. They come across you. They're like, man, my prayers have been answered. Yeah. Um, yeah. One quick thing too, because you actually came up in conversation when my buddy was here. Uh, visiting and I, t- I know I think I had told you um, just talking about interesting marketing channels and how things have changed Will Brown who's in Los oh, yeah, Angeles yeah, yeah. Um, I brought up Antoine because Antoine was moving to the neighborhood and he's like oh yeah I know his dad he's in a mastermind go abundance he has if you know in the last two years creating like an artificial intelligence text message bot essentially named Claire okay 
Um, and what she'll essentially do. So we're the first CRM that it's integrated what with. She'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she identifies as she. Um, what she'll do essentially is do lead qualification currently uh-huh. for direct mail and the call to action. But you could do you could do the same thing with the websites and the specific county in Memphis and the um, you know the ebook. What she'll essentially do is the call to action on the direct mail piece is text this number to get a cash offer on your house. Mm-hmm. So people, that's a little bit less resistance for the seller as well versus calling. Because I mean, 2022, we're, you know, millennial, Gen Z. We don't want to talk. We don't, for the most part, civilians don't want to talk on the phone. It's just like a text or sending Instagram DMs. So that at first is a little bit less resistance. And I think at a point for Will's company, Titan X, once there is a wholesale operator that has multiple lead sources coming in, Mm -hmm. they're going to reach a point where it could make sense. It makes sense to send that to an automated text thing that's been learning language for the last two years. So he has, he has a good bit of companies in it now. Um, and I think some investor fuse people are, have signed up as well to have it integrated for the lead capture first. So Mm -hmm. somebody essentially texts it, it kind of qualifies them, sees what the address is, how much repairs it needs, what they're looking for. And then eventually we're going to have it built in because follow-up is big for our software. We're going to have it built in where you can just send a lead to Claire mm-hmm. and then she'll follow up texting yeah, yeah, yeah. with it. Like, hey, we haven't spoken in a while. Hey, this is Claire. I'm following up. We haven't spoken in a while. Yeah. Is this house still available? Yeah. yeah, we had to build that. Like, So we our current platform for Rocket Offer, the one we, we have a, like a developer who's the co-founder of there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he built like, he kind of signed up for like an AI thing that just learns and he applied it to the texting software oh, cool. that we were doing as well. So he didn't go and build it custom, but. It was like an AI bot that was like for sales messaging back and forth. He was like, mm-hmm. hey, and you could like train it in a certain way. Hey, when you when this comes in, reply with this. When this when this text message comes in, reply with mm-hmm. this. And then it would kind of like learn about like the different nuances. And you would kind of just like help train it over a period of time. And once it saw like, you know, millions and millions of messages, it was kind of like it could have like a full on conversation with people mm-hmm. to either get them on the phone or now set up an appointment, which is what we're adding to it as well. So, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so you did like carrot carrot page, and then you're integrating Claire into uh, into your uh, your system and all that. So, what where? So, what was the next step after that? After whole wholesaling? So, you, you did that, and then you saw that uh, you, you guys. I'm we are very good at technology. Mm-hmm. We have developed some an amazing system and stuff like that, and we're gonna package that. How, how, what was the uh, the, the yeah. stepping? Yeah, Dan. Dan Schwartz was always, like I mentioned, so that was kind of like one of the main themes. He was just always tweaking out our Podio system. For those of you that are watching this, you probably have heard of Podio if you're searching for CRMs in the space. It's essentially a blank project management space and you can add to it. It's become really popular in the space, but we were the first company to create a turnkey Podio Mm -hmm. solution for investors doing direct-to-seller marketing and then sell it as a SaaS product, software as a service on a monthly or annual basis. Um, So that came to be because honestly, Dan was just adding certain things to our CRM, like being able to send an electronic signature, for example, um, being able to text blast contacts in your your database, either sellers or buyers. So he started putting out, this is probably, I mean, during the journey, 2014-ish range probably, he started putting out YouTube videos on how to just do a specific thing like your boy Alex Homerosi says the riches are in the niches so he would put out a five ten ten minute video on how to integrate um like Zapier to your Podio account so that you could send electronic signatures through DocuSign yeah for example so he started just putting out free videos on that and then started getting so much demand P- enough people were like asking like hey can you build this so there was actually a first iteration called real automation mm-hmm. that was just a one-time 
it was kind of like a um you know 60 70 percent version probably yeah. of what investor fuse came to be shortly after but that was a one time he co-launched or co-branded that with joe mccall i'm not sure if you're familiar with him he's he's a big uh like creative finance does a lot of coaching courses stuff like that but that was kind of like the influencer that he partnered with mm-hmm. sold a bunch of those and he's like oh damn like this is actually a business so then he reached out talking about connecting and networking with people and and talking to people which is another big principle is uh he reached out just on youtube mm-hmm. to a guy that was doing podio consulting which is john whitfield the current ceo he was doing custom podio build outs for some big wholesalers in the space and he was like hey instead of we're both kind of doing one-off setups right now yeah. he's like why don't we turn this into a SaaS business and just serve you know clients that are doing wholesaling across the country um and then that launched february like that was like public 2016 mm-hmm. and i was still in the wholesaling business full-time and then about a month after he was like, hey, I have a good opportunity. Like, do you want to hop on like video calls and just show different companies, like walk them around the CRM and like how to follow up and like use it essentially like Podio. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. So I would just be going on for like a month period. I was probably going on appointments, um, following up with leads in the wholesaling business and then doing training calls, which just kept like each week was like more like it was first 20 hours. Then it would just yeah. like keep going up uh, yeah. until eventually he's like, dude, if you want to do this full time, like I'll bring you on as a partner in the company. That was like two months after. And personality wise, I think I enjoyed it better than like negotiating with sellers in like Baltimore City um, versus being more of like a consultant and understanding people's businesses and like long term relationships instead of kind of like one off transactions with sellers. I enjoyed it a lot better. Mm -hmm. I would have a different appreciation going into it now, like if I was to do wholesaling again, um, just because I've talked to thousands of companies at this point. Um, But I definitely love and enjoy investor views and like long term relationships with companies kind of as like. A consultant is how they're like sales process and how they're using a CRM. How did you guys know when you first started like about pricing, about how to price your product? Like that's one of the things too. We're yeah. starting our thing now. I'm doing the tours of our CRM because we're we have something coming with our CRM as a SaaS. Nice. But like our big yeah. thing is like pricing too because yeah. How did you guys kind of do that? Because obviously, like for a SaaS company, a big thing is the monthly recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. But also, like, there's a huge setup fee that's also plays into that. And then there's also, especially if you start on Podio, Podio has a user fee. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you charge 50 bucks a user, Podio charges 25. It's like, okay, you're only making 25% recurring revenue, you know. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys kind of come up with your pricing? Were you involved in that at all? Yeah, not so much at the begin, not so much at the original launch. Um, but you know, the last six and a half years, hundred percent involved in that. So the beginning, I think what we did for client acquisition was a webinar. And I believe that we got a lot of people just like on an annual, like discounted plan, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, it was, pr- if I had to guess, it was probably around 1500 for the year. Cause the night, the standard setup was 1970 for the year, no setup fee, 1970 for the year. Um, and then you would essentially via Podio, good point Antoine brought up. You would essentially pay for like a credit system, which you could do like 20 bucks a month for credits to send text messages and ringless voicemails out of the platform. And then I believe it was over the fifth user we charged like 20 bucks a user or something like that back then. It's been a while. How we came up with that pricing was probably a little bit of market research. Um, Dan was tight with Joe McCall, who had not SaaS products, but knew the space pretty well. And I, I would assume that we probably just did a little bit of like research into other CRMs in the space, kind of saw what their pricing was. Um, but we only had one price plan. So the, uh, up until October of last year, we've only had one core price plan, mm-hmm. um, which we've expanded and learned a lot from like SaaS Academy and other operators. 
that now we have more of like a beginning tier plan called essentials. Our core plan is called pro. And then our top tier plan, typically for companies that are in multiple markets and have multiple acquisitions, people is called premium. Um, but that's kind of what we did from the beginning. And then SAS Academy has a pricing specialist. I can't remember his last name. I think his name's Marcos. Marcos something with a R. But that's like his niche is, is uh, getting on coaching calls and teaching people and showing them different pricing options. Interesting. And so they they recommended, or you guys through research found that a, like a three-tier pricing strategy was better than a like a one-stop shop. Yeah, and of more recently, 100%. Yeah, can capture more of the market space. And I think that's something that companies can always kind of like explore and optimize. Um, and get yeah. feedback from people because a lot of SaaS tools in the space now strictly charge like, and we don't even have mess. We don't charge for messaging currently um, since we're moving to a new, not only affiliate software, but a new billing software. So we're probably not even going to charge for messaging oh, really? until the beginning of next year. We just have that rolled into our subscription. So some people say our prices are, you know, like an objection I get is like, oh, you guys are expensive. I'm like, oh, you're also getting unlimited messaging for free. Yeah. Um but yeah, we found that a lot more advantageous to move to three plans to cover more of the market space. Mm -hmm. But a lot of other SaaS companies will charge like per user where we kind of do tiers. So you can have like one user up to five, up to 10. And then each additional user, if you want to stay in that plan, is 20 bucks a user. Okay. So um, that's how you kind of split up your plans. Three mm -hmm. plans are just more based on user, but you're just packaging them as different levels. Yeah. And I, and like I said, like you're always kind of optimizing and exploring that. You don't. It's not something you want to change every week. Mm -hmm. But especially in the first phase, the first five years of the company, especially like I think it's yeah. something you could be willing to change. And like even something that we changed recently on our pricing page um, and even Hormozy has a lot of good stuff that you can do just to optimize, optimize your sales, your your website for sales. Um, we used to do pricing. One of the variables was how many marketing tools that you can have connected into the system mm -hmm. at a time. But what we came to realize is like that's like one of our main specialties is being able to provide white glove service and integrate with whatever way that you're trying to do marketing. So we recently changed it maybe a month ago that every single even the beginner price plan, you can have unlimited marketing tools connected to it because okay. we want to be the one stop shop to capture all your leads. So now it's like different features that unlock at different price points. Um, different amount of users are the two main variables. Yeah, that's probably, I mean, right now we're kind of thinking like one, I mean, eventually it might evolve to that multiple uh, uh, plans, but right now we're kind of thinking like one initial plan and then having options if they want to have the website, mm -hmm. all these add-ons. Uh, we also have other services that we would offer also kind of like, you know, bookkeeping, professional bookkeeping and stuff like that. Acquisitions. Acquisitions and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, did you guys ever think about that? Like, Oh, dude, like, shiny object syndrome. <laughs> no, not well. I guess it is kind of that, but like you had said, they would come in, set up the CRM, and then you guys were like, "Hey, do you want like custom integrations?" Okay, you can hire our team. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what we'll give you: these ten integrations. If you want other stuff, then we have a developer. You can pay him fifty bucks an hour to like add on additional stuff into your investor fees. Yeah, and that's we we have definitely done that. We have a couple like Podio developers that are kind of in pocket. One guy specifically that will kind of like outsource. We're like, hey, if you want something additional, like you know, something ran like random to your process that you want added on top of our automation. Yeah. Um, we, we thought about it, but we're like, how much does that take us away from our main uh -huh. thing? So it's, I think it's almost like when you get a retail lead, you can kind of just like refer that to a realtor. That's probably yeah, the best yeah. analogy yeah. I can give to what we did with the Podio developer. Um, but no, we've always been exploring different stuff, dude. If we should get into, to, um, more marketing stuff, like managing, like prospecting stuff, which I said, our co-founder just is, is launching a product, a, uh, prospect management tool called REI Ops Center here in Q4 that's going to integrate with Investor Fuse. But 
Yeah, man, we've always focused on lead management and being able to capture leads from all the marketing, but that doesn't that doesn't take away shiny object syndrome and talking to successful people that do all different types of stuff and attempt yeah. by doing well, it. Ideally, I mean, you want to stick to the product and the, mm. the software as a service. I 100%. Mean, you don't want to go and convert into like more like consulting and mm. software developer because then that kind of goes into a rat hole, especially with some of the integrations and stuff like that. Then what you would normally do, I don't want to go too technical, but you would expose like an API mm. and then you would tell them how to how to use the API to connect with with in investor fuse and yeah like and, that, and i was gonna say like not to get technical either the days that i wear my <laughs> but we will yeah but we will <laughs> the days i wear my my glasses i look like i might be the tech guy in the company but i am literally the farthest person from the the tech guy. i'm definitely more more marketing sales but um that's a big belief of ours man and a lot of things that we brought to the the market space from our own pain and experience mm -hmm. more so dan's um like he is very much a creative visionary like i said he was in a psychedelic rock band playing drums um, that is not his skill strength, building software and doing coding and connecting stuff yeah. via Zapier and APIs. Um, and that's a big belief that we have is that real estate investors face a challenge enough of being, you know, in saturated markets, other investors offering on the same property, yeah. the education of learning it. We don't want to add something that for 99% of real estate investors is not their skill set, learning software and coding and stuff like that. So you can, that's something like we're like the easy button, like you can hand that to us. Yeah. Spend your time listening to podcasts like Eric and Antoine, Antoine's um, talking to sellers, talking to buyers, making offers, doing things that's going to move the needle with revenue generating activities, not setting up your software. For your, for your Podio, for Podio and the CRM, did you guys ever then get off of Podio and build your own CRM? Yeah. So that's what that's kind of the trajectory of what happened. We saw, I guess, two main reasons. Um, we realized we were building a business on something's back end that we didn't own. So at any time, not that, yeah. that we thought would happen and Podio got bought by Citrix. They're still running and still really popular in the wholesaling space and investor space. But it, we were like, you know what? We're building a foundation for a company that we don't, you know, we don't own the land for. Yeah. yeah. So that was one big thing. And then really user feedback was a big thing too. Um, and this is super, super, uh, it reigns super true in the space today, which we're happy we made the decision was like, kind of similar to what I was talking about software, like real estate investors or salespeople, myself included, I'm not like a CRM guy. Mm -hmm. Like I don't enjoy going into CRMs and doing data, like data entry and things like that. People going on seller lead appointments don't want to spend their time entering stuff in a CRM. Yeah. So what we want to do is we wanted to make a more simple tool on our own platform that's easy to onboard not only lead managers, but also acquisitions people. Because we also understand that turnover is a real thing in this industry, whether it's a local or overseas lead manager mm -hmm. and local or virtual acquisitions people. So if we're able to, now you guys are, are in the SaaS, getting into the SaaS game, if we're able to make something sticky, a product sticky, like we have a really good onboarding experience, we understand your marketing plan, the tools you're using, we set expectations, we get your team trained on a simple, easy to use tool, the new version of IF3, um, there's a good chance that you're going to stay with us for a long time and use us as the hub of your business mm -hmm. yeah. for that. Um, but we had a 2.0, InvestorFuse 2.0. That was probably 2018 range. That was with outsourced developers. And I, I don't know the exact back end of what it was built on, but it's something different now. So off, off of Podio. Off of Podio. So that was the first one off of Podio. Um, and now what we've done is now we have our own platform, InvestorFuse.com, and the first time having our own in-house developers that are part of our company in our all-hands meeting. Um, so that's really cool because we're able to just have a lot more control of the product instead of kind of sending like wireframes out. Yeah. And then just waiting, you know, 
one to four weeks getting what it's like. And it's like, you kind of just have to hope that we like it. Now our dev is really um, involved. We can get stuff out. If you check, if you go to investorfuse.com, you can see all our product releases and we even publish. We're very transparent with like bugs that are in there. We get really good feedback from customers and prospects. Like, hey, you're like the only company that shows what bugs that you have. And that's kind of like an ethical relationship health score thing. Like you could always think about as well. Um, But yeah, the the new, the new platforms rocking and rolling, super easy to use and uh, very user friendly. So if I'm a wholesaler, how do I know that and yeah, I should really get, I should get off my spreadsheet and then go and get into a CRM for, for the generation and wholesaling? Yeah. So I understand it's a great question. So I understand there's definitely, you want to know your monthly expenses, your monthly, your monthly nut, if you will, of whatever your, whatever tools you're using and what you might be generating. If you're using a spreadsheet and you're generally genuinely um, positive or confident that you can consistently generate leads, you're at least looking into CRM options. Mm-hmm. I would almost say it's close to mandatory once you have more than one marketing tool. Because a lot of people that sign up for the essential plan, which is like our beginner plan, are either using one of two things. The first one you mentioned, they're using Excel spreadsheets and they're kind of just manually saying, you know, they have different cells, like went on appointment, need to follow up on this date. And that could work for sure, especially maybe you want to do a couple deals, ideally for us. But then once you start doing, let's say, direct mail or bandit signs and you start doing cold calling, and then you get a carrot site, you're essentially manually putting all those leads into a spreadsheet or what we see more often is managing those leads out of like a basic task manager in a cold calling tool like Mojo. Mm-hmm. And it's just like inefficient. You're managing your leads out of multiple places. Yeah. There's no automation as far as follow-ups, autoresponders when the lead first comes in. Not great cloud-based like communication between you and your team. Mm-hmm. So for the pricing that we have for Essential, and who knows what, what pricing, we, we may even... Um, consider coming out with like a lower tier plan, like for like one user and it's like really, really basic functionality just to get more of the market space. But I think it's a little bit like you have to be honest with yourself. Like if you are confident that you're consistently generating leads, you know how to close a deal. Ideally, I'd want someone to have the proof of theory, like close a deal first and reinvest into their tools. But we definitely have a good bit of people just with the wholesaling craze on TikTok and how mainstream it's got people that sign up that haven't done a deal yet. But I think those are some variables to look at. How many marketing tools you're using, um, how confident you are you can actually lock a deal up and sell it on the back end, and how many marketing tools that you're using. So for what is your cheapest plan right now? 147 per month. Okay. Oh wow, that's super cheap. Okay. Five users. Five. No, that's that's up to one, one user. That's oh, one user and one. then you can get a second one. So like I would say half the signups that we get end up being 167 monthly recurring revenue MRR. Because it's typically like one person and a VA or one person and a lead manager. Oh, yeah, that's super cheap. Because, yeah, one of the things, too, with like wholesalers when they get started is most wholesalers, like you said, how do I get in real estate with zero money? Mm-hmm. Wholesaling. Well, okay, now you need a system. Well, mm-hmm. now I need 167 bucks a month. I thought I needed zero dollars yeah. a month. Like, <laughs> that's how all the wholesalers all the wholesalers are that we talk to, right? Yeah. Like at Rocket Offer, too, because Hayato, who runs, Hayato and Evan, who run Rocket Offer, talk to a lot of wholesalers just free education, giving them content on Instagram. And um, they're like, well, yeah, we have this system. We use Zoho. It's like, and then they're like, you just go on Zoho, connect with Zapier, Zapier, and just like automate a bunch of stuff, your text, your call. And then they're like, well, dude, I have $0. I want to get started in wholesaling with $0. And they're like, well, no, actually it takes a little bit of money to like get a software, get a system, send out text messages, unless you want to do it on your iPhone, but then you have the phone bill you got to pay for, right? So everything does take a little bit of money. So, but that's, that's cool. You guys have a really, really cheap, 
affordable option for people that do want to get started. Because the other option would be to go to Podio, I guess. Yeah. And sign up directly for Podio, spend hours trying to like customize the hell out of that thing. Yeah. But still, it's probably going to cost you 50 bucks a month, I would assume. At or... minimum, probably. I think like the lowest tier users, maybe 20 bucks a month, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's base functionality. You'd be no spent, and, and again, like you're going to spend your time like configuring. Yeah, and it's it, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a plane taking off. Like when a plane's first taking off and gaining altitude, that's like when you're you need like the most energy. Then once you get up to a certain level, you can kind of glide. I'd imagine that's the same thing with a lot of like beginners that we both that we all talk to is like you need to have so much energy and focus on actually talking to sellers and comping properties and doing all that type of stuff. Yeah. Like it just, it almost like makes me like cringe, like thinking of someone spending time, like watching like Podio tutorials, which is exactly who we targeted or who got like, we put videos out and that's what made the demand for Dan. Um, but that just makes me cringe. Like a, somebody in real estate trying to set up their own yeah. software. So that's a big, that's a big mission for us is taking that out of people's hands. Well, so this was a great talk. I mean, so if people want to reach out to you, uh, you know, where what's the best place for them to uh, to reach out? Yeah, you can reach out to me on social media, Carlos Zamora on Facebook. You'll see me without glasses on there, Miami, Florida. Um, at it's Los I T S L O S two one. My friends call me Los for short. Los for short for Carlos. Mm -hmm. um, and then investorfuse.com would also be fantastic. You can say you listen to this interview. If you're in the Miami area or coming through, we're checking out this podcast studio. We'd love to have the Martells on my show as well. So if you're in the area, definitely feel free to reach out or if you're looking for a CRM or um, anything like that. And then the podcast, both of the podcasts that I'm on, Let's Talk Real Estate and Stuff and the 8020 show by Investor Fuse, which is about to get rebranded. Everything's on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. So cool. Great. De dealer's choice where you want to find me. Awesome. Excellent. Thanks Carlos. for coming. Yeah, thank you for coming. My pleasure, guys.